to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, free land education, guys. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell, and I'm an accredited land consultant with United Country Real Estate Sutton Properties, along with my co-host this morning, who's one of our agents. Good morning, Teresa. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm doing great. You won't believe what we're going to be talking about today. What? Mm, I'll surprise you here in a minute. All right. Buying and selling homes, land or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or southern Virginia, just give us a shout. Hey, we'll help you out. Our office is at 102 East Main Street, next to BB&T Bank, in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Our company website is www.allsuttonproperties.com. That's A-L-L-S-U-T-T-O-N properties.com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members, and our national site is www.rliland.com. So if you need brain surgery, you go to a brain doctor, right? So if you're buying and selling land, go to a land specialist. Go to www.rliland.com and find one of our 1,300 agents around the country. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com, buying or selling land. LandHub is the place to be. Just a program note, Dr. Barbie's Ask the Doctor show will now follow this show and will air at 10 a.m. So make sure you stay tuned. Dr. Barbie always has something interest, of interest to help you out. Hey, our guest today, Teresa, is Jonathan Rawls. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks, Lou. And hi, Teresa. Hi. Glad to be here today. We're welcome to have you. Where are you calling from? North Idaho, where we are. That's our main location we work. And what town are you in? Uh, Post Falls. It's a beautiful area up near Lake Coeur d'Alene. How large is it? Uh, about 24,000, and uh, it's part of the larger Spokane metro area. Okay. All right. It's not really a suburb, right? Or is it? Not a, uh, somewhat, yeah. There's a lot of commuters into the Spokane area, uh, but then you get access to all of North Idaho, western Montana. So it's really nice. It's right here on the edge of the mountains, edge of the forest. So you're due west? Uh, I mean, due east of uh, Spokane? That's correct. Perfect. Just a little bit about your background, if I may, Jonathan. You got a BS degree in mechanical engineering from Montana State University. What a great school. Co-founder of survivalrealty.com. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, That was started in 2007. And then uh, the Survival Realty Brokerage Service uh, in 2020. So you not only have a unique website. In fact, I can't even find another one that compares to what you guys are doing. And then you also have a full-fledged um, real estate broker service. Is that right? That's correct. And you have a very interesting father who uh, Wikipedia has several pages on. Uh, you guys, I think he had written a book, and then you guys updated. Is that right? That's correct. He's the author of multiple books on survivalism, preparedness, fiction, and nonfiction. Um, but, yeah, the most recent project that we've co-authored is Survival Retreats and Relocation, uh, which is a reissue of a self-published book that he put out in 2007 called Rawls on Retreats and Relocation. And it is your guide to finding a secure and sustainable home uh, in the current acts. And Liberty uh, Paradigm is the publisher? That is. And that's coming out around November 23rd, right? That's correct. We're finishing up the manuscript right now, about to send it off for proof and starting to move forward with getting published. Wow. And how will you be able to purchase it? 
Uh, right now, it's only available through our website, survivalrealty.com, but it'll soon be available through Amazon as uh, print and ebook as well. Okay, great. Wow. I want to, hey, Teresa, we need to get a copy of this, okay? Sounds help. good. So as a career in engineering, Jonathan has worked with property owners and brokers around the world to market unique land and homes to the survivalist market. Survivalrealty.com is the premier web marketing place, and its niche is, receives approximately 60,000 visits every month, and I'm sure that will increase. Hopefully this show today will help build that because people need to know about what you guys are doing. So Realty.com is an online marketplace exclusively featuring rural off-grid, self-sufficient properties. These listings offer include features such as solar power, safe rooms, or bunkers, spring water, and more. You won't find anything under two acres or in the suburbs unless it's a secret bunker included. <laughs> Properties are listed by an agent for sale by owner across the United States and internationally. So uh, make sure you go to that website. Uh, if you're driving, please don't do it. But uh, if you're in a position where you can check, go ahead and get on his website, www.survivalrealty.com. Man, there's a lot of information on there. Great stuff. So the theme of our show today is what is survival land can you help us out all right yeah so survival land uh, goes back to the concept um developed it's a concept that goes back to the cold war and before uh, when you know we were thinking that russia was going to drop the bomb on us and we have nuclear fallout everywhere um you know so going back to that was a point where it became popular the idea was to figure out you know where those nuclear strikes are going to be and locate yourself somewhere where that's not going to be the issue um, so, you know, that was the, that was the Cold War scenario where that idea became popular. Um, you know, you saw some of those early science fiction movies, um, science fiction novels, things like that, you know, where it kind of became a popular idea. Um, but the concept is, you know, one that goes back throughout history, which is just the question of finding a place to live that's going to be secure, that's going to give a place where you can raise your family, where you can live peacefully, uh, no matter what comes along. Yeah, even Nor built... Even Noah built an ark, right? <laughs> Even Noah built an ark, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so really, you know, the world is a uncertain place, is a changing place, and obviously people can't live in fear, but we can also make wise decisions about how we order, how we order our lives, how we choose to set up our lifestyle uh, in a way that recognizes that, and that's very much what the survivalism concept really comes down to. I think Teresa has a different definition for survival land. <laughs> what? Yeah, I said I just want to survive selling land right now. <laughs> it's wild out there. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, and we get a lot of people that you know are have been living in the big city. They've you know seen the ups and downs of that. You know whether it was the you know Hurricane Katrina evacuations when you know millions of people trying to get out of town all at once, um, or you know the recent wildfires, summer wildfires, or whatever other situation you might be encountering. Sure. Um, there's definitely pros and cons. Obviously, there are a lot of advantages, lifestyle-wise, to living in the big city or the suburbs. Um, but there's also a level of security that you have uh, living outside the suburbs where you have just a quieter pace of life in general and potentially the ability to avoid um, bigger problems. Right. I remember it. <clears throat> uh, getting under the desk, I'm old enough, uh, back in the uh, 50s, in elementary school, and uh, and uh, back then uh, we'd go out on the playground, and jets would fly over, and they'd have the sonic boom, and the and the uh, and the uh, 
dust from the field would bounce up and the kids would scream and we'd yell, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. And, uh, you know, so uh, people building the bomb shelters and uh, uh, food packaging companies. And I know we're going to talk about your dad later. I mean, uh, you talk about uh, where to go. Uh, you guys are it, I think, uh, for those that are interested in uh, off-grid living or survival living. And I've actually had a couple listings. Uh, Jonathan uh, had um, one little six-acre track uh, in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountain. And there's a small single-wide trailer. It's actually an old one. Uh, but they had an underground uh, two-person uh, uh, survival uh, uh Bunker. <laughs> yeah, whatever you call it, bunker. Their own oh, generator. Yeah, uh, they had a uh, 12-foot fence electrified with razor wire around it, uh, their own power <laughs> source, and, you know. And uh, so uh, we did sell it. It was an interesting product, and actually sold it pretty quick. And then another one was a farm, and they had a 2,800-square-foot underground concrete and steel bunker with the triple st- with the triple steel door. And, of course, when you walked into it, it hadn't been – you know, nothing done for it for 40 or 50 years. So it's, you know, water leaking yep. and leaves blown in and one of those. But, uh, you know, so we've seen a little of that over the years. So so how do you find an off-grid home for sale? Well, it's something that uh, is somewhat how we got into this How we got into this business is that it's kind of hard to find. Uh, if you're looking on the MLS or, you know, on Zillow or Realtor.com, uh, you're going to see, you know, the, you're gonna see the suburban homes, tract homes, you know, neighborhoods, um, you know, a few rural properties, but you're not necessarily going to see something that is oriented towards off-grid living sustainability. And, but then there's people out there looking for it. There's a lot of people that like the idea of being off-grid, being able to provide their own power so they don't have to worry about the power going out. They have to worry about, you know, having fuel for their generator or their solar system working. Um, but that's something where they're able to take personal responsibility for it and, you know, have some measure of, you know, control and responsibility. So finding that kind of property, uh, people end up going to Google, looking for, I'm looking for off-grid property, I'm looking for solar power, I'm looking for remote property. And a lot of times you find you don't really find anything. No, you don't. Um, except you end up at survivalrealty.com, which is specifically geared <coughs> toward that. We're Number one on the Zillow list. Or any of those other sites. Um, but the listings that are featured here um, by property owners and agents really fit into that, fit into that market and are places like that that might have a... Uh, micro hydropower where you've got a creek that's set up with a turbine to generate power continually 24 hours a day um, or might have a pole solar array, things along those lines. And for this market, that's actually, you know, those are selling points that it's five miles from the nearest phone line or power or power lines. It's called off the grid, right? Yeah, so off the grid could be anything from so you've got your so the the key is the electrical electrical grid so your power lines power plants then power transmission system um, in rural areas you know that only reaches as far as those power lines go and there's still houses out beyond that and when you're out there you're responsible for you know creating creating that energy yourself whether it means you you know just use candles and lanterns or you have a generator or solar system um, and then as well as that. You, you know, you may be beyond access to phone or internet service, so you may want to look at getting a range extender for your cell phone or getting satellite internet service, something along those lines. And similarly, of course, you've got to have, you know, your own water well, your own propane tank because there's no natural gas service, things along those lines. Now, part of your program, too, um, uh, for your website and also for your real estate firm, 
is re the referral base that you have. So the way I understand it, if I have my property and I want to sell it myself, uh, we can go to your website, uh, www.survivalrealtor.com, and uh, list our property. And there's a procedure for that, and there's rates on that, which are very reasonable. And uh, then also, as a realtor broker, uh, you know, we're in two states, North Carolina and Virginia, but um, we can also register with you guys and put our listings on there. And then on the backside, Teresa, uh, you know, if someone comes to uh, the uh, survivalrealty.com site and they're looking for something in North Carolina and Virginia, uh, then uh, Jonathan will be happy to refer us uh, to the normal realtor referral program uh, so we can help out. So you're actually looking for real estate agents, realtors, and uh, that uh, – uh, do have properties or have experience, uh, you definitely want to identify those and get them connected with you, right? We do. So, yeah, we partner with agents and brokers nationwide um, in order to do that because we get a lot of folks coming in that are, you know, new to this new to this world. They know they want to get out of the big city or get out of the suburbs, um, but they may be at the level of, you know, trying to figure out, well, I know I don't want to be in San Francisco, but I want to be out west somewhere in a rural area. Um, so we often end up spending a lot of time talking with them about, you know, kind of trying to figure out the pros and cons of different areas, figure out what they what they personally are looking for. We don't just send everyone to, you know, North Carolina or Idaho, um, but try to figure out what's really the best fit for them. And then we'd work with making that as a referral to a local land broker who's able to provide that local insight, help them find, you know, just the right area, the right, right neighborhood, the right property, and help them get connected with that. So, uh, similarly, uh, we work with a lot of agents that are selling properties that, like you mentioned, that may have a bunker, maybe off-grid or otherwise, you know, somewhat hard to sell, you know, hard to, hard to market, hard to work with. And we provide a marketplace for them uh, where we're able to partner with them and get that in front of the audience that it really appeals to. What are the major states that you operate in? Uh, so Idaho is obviously one of our great major states. Um, but we have coverage across the U.S. Um, very strongly uh, throughout the inland northwest, uh, southwest, and southern states. Okay. Um, so we'll see a lot, Tennessee, Carolinas, West Virginia, Kentucky, um, and then, of course, all, all through the Rocky Mountain states. Looking... Um, but it's something that applies really nationwide, um, and again, we even get a few international properties come up. Um, but focusing on those rural areas that are removed from major population. Um, mostly, you know, everything is, at least on some acres, at least a couple acres, um, but targeting, you know, somewhere where you've got the space, privacy, security, uh, in order to be able to live a lifestyle that is a way out of the ordinary, out of the uh, well-traveled path, essentially. Our guest today is Jonathan Rawls. This is Let's Talk Land. Our sponsor is LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. Jonathan, I see you've got this book. I'm sitting here looking at the information about it a little bit. It's the Survival Retreats and Relocation. So what made you guys come up with a book like that? That's not something that you think about every day. <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, something that um, we found we have been finding the, finding the need for. Um, so we talk with a lot of folks that are just starting out that are, you know, trying to know where do I start? What do I, what do I do? What do I look for? Um, they're, you know, maybe living, leaving a apartment, you know, living in an apartment in the big city or living in the suburbs um, where um, you live a very uh, dependent, dependent life in some sense where um, you're dependent on, you know, maybe you 
pick up takeout, maybe you have, you know, meal delivery um, or, you know, your uh, electricity comes from the switch and switch comes from an outlet in the wall and you don't really have much opportunity to see practically where, you know, any of those things come from. And so people that are looking for a more self-reliant lifestyle, uh, a more sustainable lifestyle that, you know, they could maintain even in the midst of societal collapse or changes um, are looking for, well, what do we do? Where do we start? Um, so that's where this book comes in. Um, it's not intended necessarily to suggest, you know, everyone has to have a bunker, everyone has to live, you know, five hours from the nearest town up in the mountains. Um, but it's really designed to help you think through what's the best fit for you, for your family, based on your needs, based on what you see going on in the world, and based on what you see would be the best choice for your family's future. So um, the essence of the book is to take that, you know, whether you are just starting out this, whether you've been interested in preparedness and survivalism for a while, or whether you're just looking to rethink your lifestyle and trying to find something that's going to work well for you and your family. What's a typical and a guide to sorting that out? What's a typical client right now? Give me a profile. Oh, uh, that's a really hard one because uh, we get so many, such a variety, and uh, so many, so many interesting people we get to talk with daily. Um, so, one that comes to mind is a, you know, uh, father that is switched to a telecommuting job um, because of all the current events going on. He's now working from home um, and realizing that he says, well, why are we still living here? We could go, you know, up to where we vacation every summer and sell our, you know, house right where we are in the city and let's move up there. Let's take the kids. Let's get up there. Let's make that our, let's make that our lifestyle now. And, you know, so we see people get being freed up um, by either career changes, telecommuting, uh, being able to really pull up their roots, get planted somewhere else where they feel like they belong a little bit more and where they're able to really find a lifestyle they enjoy. Um, or in other cases, um, some cases, some folks we work with are, you know, recent retirees that are looking to downsize. So they're looking for something, you know, fairly small, fairly simple, uh, where they can find a quiet, out-of-the-way lifestyle. Um, just want to put in a big garden, right? Or have a spot out in the backyard where they can do target shooting or get out and go hunting. Yeah, I know homesteading is starting to be a, a big thing, so I guess that's kind of along the same lines. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Dither. The homesteading where people are being becoming more self sufficient, having their own livestock and chickens and pigs yeah, and yeah, gardens. Yeah, exactly. And There's very much an like overlap that. there. Um, this, uh, uh, we're in our book, we're not necessarily telling you how to set up a farm. Uh, there's a lot of great great experts out there that you know really know that in and out um, in terms of in-depth gardening, farming, raising livestock. It's something we really value, and something that you know, I, something I grew up with. We lived on you know 20 acres out in the woods for a lot of those years, and you know, raised cattle, chickens, sheep, and you know, there's just so much so much to learn there. And there's just a really uh, important part of just living as a person is, you know, being able to be connected at some level to the land, to where your food comes from, where your water comes from, and all those things. It's better than being connected to a phone. (laughs) Green Acres is where it is. So give us some of the contents of the book, uh, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, So it's basically a four-part book. Um, We start out um, looking at the, basically the theories of survival retreat. Um, So again, this is something that may or may not be your mindset, but something that is, you know, wise to consider. So 
city living versus a rural retreat. Um, then we go into discussing both the threat and the survivability factors. So, what are you know what are the, what are the threats you might want to consider uh, when you sit down to dream up what your lifestyle should look like? You know, are there are there you know, serious considerations, whether it's economic, social, um, natural disasters? You know, any of those things. Those are things that you know at some level should play into our thinking. They shouldn't dominate our thinking, certainly. About our things, we should give consideration to. And then along with that, the survivability questions of, you know, when you're looking for an area to live in, uh, are, is there food production there? Is there water production there? Is, you know, or if you're li- living in the desert, um, where, what are you dependent on for your just daily survival? And the suggestion that you pick an area where those things are available. And then we go into just a really in-depth discussion of isolation, self-sufficiency. So a lot of people want to live somewhere very private, are secluded, out of the way, um, but at the same time, you've got to you know make some personal evaluation of you know what's actually the best fit for me. Um, you know, remote is not not the right lifestyle for everyone. Some people love it, some people burn out on it really fast. And so, taking that time to consider yourself, consider your family situation, um, is really important as well. Um, so then, the core of the book, at some level, is our evaluation of regions, states, and particular areas across the country. Um, so we look at, you know, climate, economics, um, all those factors that might play into, you know, being your pros or your cons for each area that you might be considering, whether it's, you know, the northwest, the southeast, um, the southwest mountain states, you know, any of those areas are going to have advantages, disadvantages. And so we spend a lot of time discussing those, talking through those, um, because we don't say, you know, everyone needs to move to one place. But here's things you can think through as you try to sort that out and try to figure out what the right location for you is. And then we go through around 100 different particular areas that we've identified as you know, as potential candidate areas that might be a good fit for you, for you to consider. And that's also a great jumping-off place for considering any new area or community that you're looking at. Um, the third part of the book uh, looks at actually, once you figure out where you're going, finding a home, um, finding land, building a home, whatever the steps you're taking there, um, trying to figure out what that land looks like, what the home looks like, what criteria you might use, and how to go about searching for purchasing that property. And then part four digs into some of the uh, survivalism aspects, you could say, of uh, preparing, setting up that property to be self-sufficient, secure, sustainable, and what steps you might want to take to do that. And that's kind of the core of the book. We've got a bunch of appendices and a bunch of profiles even of people that have uh, located retreats. Um, Some are, you know, small scale. Some are, you know, the uh, luxury retreats, you might say, if you know someone that's got a, you know, large home and acreage and a great ranch set up. And others are very simple. You know, someone living on a few acres with a garden, just an eye to be able to provide for themselves and their family. And that's basically the core of the book and what it's about. Wow, pretty exciting. So you're talking about you've identified like a hundred different locations. What's your criteria for that? What 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 uh, what are you looking at for the? Um, yeah, so we are looking at the questions of um, so population density is one. Um, so you know you've got your very high population density areas uh, largely along the coast. So you know the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, New York, uh, New Jersey, Newark. Um, 
So any of those areas um, are going to be areas where, in the case of a disaster, um, you're going to see, again, like Hurricane Katrina say, you know, a ma massive evacuation. If the, in the case of a nationwide collapse or disaster, um, those could be very challenging places to be. And so, you know, one criteria is just not, don't be located in those areas. Um, we're also looking at, you know, natural disaster risks and considering, you know, hurricane, tornado, um, as we've seen recently, wildfire uh, this summer. Uh, any of those issues are things you should be considering as well. And, you know, if there's no safe place, you've got uh, earthquake risk on the West Coast, you've got hurricane risk on the East Coast, there's no, and wildfire risk all throughout the mountain states. So there's no perfect safe place, per se. Um, but there are things you should be considering when you look at, you know, the, the type of home you buy, where it's located, uh, things along those lines. And then we also just look at uh, liberty, taxes, state laws, you know, all those things may play into it as well. And then on the positive side, obviously, we're looking at the local climate, uh, looking for areas that have good rainfall, um, a favorable climate, like a good growing season. So you have the opportunity to either grow your own food or have neighbors, perhaps, you know, that are farmers or ranchers, um, where you're not relying on food being shipped in from, you know, 100,000 miles away. Um, but you've got, you know, farmers markets, things like that, um, where you're in an area that's more resilient. Um, similarly, areas with rainfall where there's good groundwater. Um, if you're looking to do, go off-grid, then, you know, if you need to be at you know, somewhere where you have some options for solar power um, or hydropower. And then the other thing we look at is just the community's resilience, the uh, strength of the economy, uh, all those factors as well. Um, as much as, you know, you might go off and want to you know, live in the woods on your own, you're very much affected by your neighbors, your community, uh, the job prospects. Uh, if you're raising kids, you know, the schools, the prospects they have as they grow up and make their way out into the world. And so that's an important consideration as well. Um, and then along with that is just choosing somewhere where, you know, if you love to ski, um, make sure you have a ski mountain nearby, right? Um, somewhere where you're going to fit well with the climate, the culture, and everything else. So you guys have already established a profile, right, on these different areas? Yeah, very much so. Um, so what we do through the book is, you know, discuss the pros and cons of each of those areas um, as a starting place for you to create your own criteria to prioritize those, all those factors yourself. Um, if, you know, you're someone that, you know, has a mindset of, you know, nuclear war being a major major situation we need to be prepared for, and, you know, you put those factors very high on your list, and you're going to put probably put that ahead of, you know, some of the other topics. If you really love gardening and homesteading, um, you may pick somewhere that's, you know, maybe closer to a major city, um, but have a really good, might have a really good climate where you can really, you know, fulfill your dreams of homesteading and farming, and that's what's valuable to you. And so we try to put those, put that information available so you can prioritize and make those choices. So it doesn't really have to be survival word if you take the definition. I mean, it's really for those folks that want to get out of the urban areas and more into a rural setting. Um, yeah, that's very, that's very much it. So there's, you know, again, particular topics we'll address, you know, at more, at more length that, you know, not everyone, you know, may find, you know, immediately compelling. Um, but all of those areas are, I think, relevant um, 
there's a you know aspect of you know American culture where we've been you know a culture of pioneers, uh, self-reliance you know has been a big part of American culture, and that's that's the bigger thing you know beyond the uh, you see the uh, stereotype of the you know doomsday prepper that's you know holed up in a bunker with a bunch of guns, and that's not really what we're you know what we're about. We're about the idea of self-reliance, of preparedness, of you know the you know homesteader idea. You've got your garden, you've got your pantry, you, you know, stock up for the winter, right? And whether that is just, you know, winter each year or potentially a, you know, hard winter or hard year, um, being prepared for that and just thinking ahead. Teresa? Now, I'm just sitting here wondering about all the wildfires and everything that's going on. Is there a way that people are able to be more prepared yeah, for no, that? Yeah, we give a lot of attention to, um, uh, for rural living, uh, I mean, wildfires a major issue. Um, we see you know, countless homes burned up uh, any given summer, especially if it's a bad year. And it's something that uh, we give particular attention to in, in this book. It's something that we really strongly encourage anyone that uh, moving into a rural area to give really good attention to. Um, it's, I mean, anyone losing their home is a tragedy. Um, and especially if that means you know, the rest of your land, your crops uh, being burnt over as well. And that's that's just the reality of living in a rural area. Not that you know, it doesn't happen elsewhere, um, but it's something to be prepared for. Uh, something that would you know encourage you to invest in your local volunteer fire department, especially if you're in a rural area, and you know consult with your local resources um, for fire protection, fire prevention, and um, even if you're especially if you're in a very rural or remote area, uh, get yourself equipped uh, to even fight fire yourself. Whether it's just you know at least have a fire extinguisher on hand. Um, but, you know, if you're setting up with a rural property, set up with a water tank, and, you know, the basics of being able to deal with and provide some level of fire protection yourself, um, because there's just uh, the opportunity, you know, letting a wildfire get out of hand is just should not happen if there's anything we can do to prevent it. So our guest today is Jonathan Rawls. This is Let's Talk Land, and our sponsor is LandHub.com. Landhob, sell your land and land of your dreams. Jonathan, this is all really interesting, and it's something that I really never thought about until now. And I'm just wondering, you know, Lou was telling me your dad is in Wikipedia. I mean, that's not something you hear every day, <laughs> something to be proud of. <laughs> no, and I'm just wondering no, about no, your yeah, background. I uh, grew up in uh, Livermore, California, which is where one of the uh, key places where the uh, bomb and uh, nuclear technology was developed at Lawrence uh, N- Lawrence National Lab. Okay. And uh, his father, uh, my grandfather, works there at the laboratory. Um, so when he was growing up, you know, that those topics were uh, a very mar- very large part of dinner table discussion. And it was out of that that you know he came away with a uh, great understanding of you know the world situation of things that you know perhaps. Most people, you know, we go in about our daily lives, we wouldn't really think about um, perhaps about the, you know, fragility of peace or stability in the world and the fact that, you know, through a lot of times in history, uh, things have been unstable or have uh, changed radically. So uh, he wrote, um, started with a series of fiction books, the uh, Patriot series, and then uh, is also the author and editor of survivalblog.com, which is kind of one of the main, web's main resources on survivalist and preparedness topics and has written a number of nonfiction books as well. And uh, he's been very much the uh, go-to guy for all those topics. Um, 
been for myself. Uh, we grew up uh, living out in the woods uh, in the western U.S., um, where we raised livestock, had a large garden, um, and you know, uh, in my case, we were homeschooled. We uh, grew up with doing a lot of hiking, hunting, backpacking. Uh, it was just a very neat upbringing where we really got an appreciation, again, for both the just all the good, all the good and the opportunities that are in the world and for, you know, a, a understanding and appreciation for the complexities of that as well. And that's what uh, pushed me as uh, I was working, you know, working with him uh, even through high school on helping to build, helping to build his website and do marketing for him. Um, we ended up, you know, with the opportunities to work in real estate, which is what pushed me in that direction. And something I pursued, uh, even as I was starting out my engineering career, was to be working with these folks who were making that same transition that uh, my parents had made many years ago uh, to get out of the big city and to kind of rethink their lifestyle. Um, so he's still uh, working, writing daily um, at his blog, uh, survivalblog.com. I uh, just got a couple new books coming out recently. And I uh, just really value his insights, and I think there's a lot of people that have uh, found what he's had to say that'd be very valuable. Uh, Jonathan, I if I, come from that lineage. Jonathan, if I may, I just want to read, the, and I, I don't like reading much, but just what Wikipedia says is quite impressive, if I may. All right. It says, Rawls is now a freelance writer, blogger, and survival retreat consultant. He's described as the conscious of survivalism. He's best known as the author for survivalist novel Patriot, colon, a novel of survival in the coming collapse. Rawls believes that survivalists see a high risk of the coming social meltdown and need to prepare for the repercussions. He said that popular media has developed an incorrect far-right uh, lunatic, I'm sorry, fringe, lunatic fringe image, in lunatic. part because of the actions of the radical few. He's called this a distortion of the true message of survivalism. Unlike the handful of fringe proponents, Rawls focuses instead on family preparedness and personal freedom. He explains this type of survivalism. Survivalists do not actually live in a rural area, but rather a city dweller worried about the collapse of the society. He views that rural lifestyles as idyllic. He cautions that rural self-sufficient uh, actually involves a lack, a lot of hard work. And in 2009, he said there's so many people who are concerned about the economy that the huge interest in the preparedness and it's pretty much crosses all lines, social, economic, political, and religious. There's a steep learning curve going on right now. In December 2014, interviewed with The Economist magazine, he describes the survivalist movement as a decentralization of full uh, and full of people who value their privacy. He said you don't want to be known as a guy who has three or four supply, three, four years of supply of food in the basement because one day you could see it confiscated by the government or stolen by neighbors like huge hungry locusts. Quite interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wikipedia is always interesting, huh? but there's a, lot, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, yeah, that's very much what he's been about. Um, one thing he's always emphasized I've really appreciated is the uh, – that stocking up, you know, um, preparing is not just about feeding yourself and your family, but actually, you know, not being able, not being uh, someone that's, you know, demanding or requiring help from someone else, uh, but actually being able to, in a position where we're able to help others. Um, it's often to see that, you know, hurricane, post-hurricane, uh, post-flooding, say, 
in some areas where you see, you know, folks are out with their bass boats or out with whatever the, whatever they've got to, you know, help out their friends, help out their neighbors, help out complete strangers. And, you know, that's what you're able to do at some level when you're prepared. Um, when you're not, you know, starving and freezing yourself, um, is able to get out and help those who need it. Yeah, he says his blog has over 320,000 unique visitors a week and is considered the Internet's premier source of information of the family prepar- uh, preparedness and survival topics. Uh, he was also um, uh, an um, Army intelligence officer and had, um, from San Jose State, he had a B.A. degree in journalism, but uh, he also minored in military science, history of military history, and served, as I said, United States Intelligence uh, course, officer where he held top secret security clearance with the SCI access and, and attended the Army NBC. I thought that was a TV st- uh, network, but anyway, NBC defense officers course, as well as the Northern Welfare School at Fort Greeley in Alaska. So um, he was a captain and, um, and, and served in numerous live intelligence gathering analysis missions overseas and tactical and street levels. So he was right there with all the information coming in, wasn't he? I don't Jonathan, know, I don't know much about those days, but I know he was there. I bet you never got away with anything, did you? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Big brother was watching. He's called Dad. <laughs> yep, that was very good. It's been uh, just uh, yeah, it's daily. Uh, you know, appreciate his in, his insights and uh, always able been able to offer. So I'm very appreciative of that. So is he? Uh, act, is he? Go ahead, please. But, no. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh yeah, uh, just one thing. Um, coming to the uh, central topic, I was thinking about land um, being your main focus, and thinking through. I guess what are the questions? Uh, one thing people might be curious about is, you know, what makes a piece of land, I guess, particularly appealing uh, to the prepper, the survivalist market? And maybe that's something we talk. Yeah, about that's about excellent. That. Please, yeah, elaborate. Um, so. We kind of talked about, you know, uh, particular area, particular areas of the country considering those. Um, so two thoughts there. Um, there's two, two main schools of thought. Um, one is to say, you know, go to for a remote, self-sufficient property. Um, the other one is to, you know, pick a small, you know, quiet, peaceful town that, you know, that's the sort of town that a lot of people would like to live in and uh, choose a community that's going to be a good one to live in. Um, but particularly if you're looking for rural property. Um, we spend a lot of time kind of helping people walk through the, you know, considerations, especially if they're new to living in rural areas. Um, if they're so, they're looking for not just a property to get away to, but ideally a property that you're going to live at to set up as your main lifestyle. Um, we don't think it's necessarily a good idea to have just a cabin that you get away to if everything goes really, really bad. Um, that's not an ideal situation for anyone, really, and. A better idea, I think, is to choose to orient your lifestyle towards something that works well, uh, regardless of what happens in the future. Um, so if that means setting up uh, in a rural area, in a small community, uh, I think that puts you in the right direction. So you might be looking, uh, if you go looking for a piece of land, either to build on or land with a home, you're looking at something where you can actually live, near, uh, ideally, live year-round, uh, where you can actually live a lifestyle that uh, you want to live. So, sounds, sounds like Pilot okay. Mountain, doesn't uh, it, Teresa? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's where everybody wants to live right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, we see a, see a lot of interest in that. And, you know, for some people that is perhaps more a, you know, uh, I think the Wikipedia article hit that night, you know, an idyllic dream. Um, the reality is that it's a lot of hard work. Um, it's not necessarily the lifestyle for everyone. Uh, it just depends on where you are in life, what your particular interests and abilities are. Um, but if you're looking for something like that, um, you know, that could be something you do on just a couple acres even, or less than an acre, um, in terms of being able to put in a large garden, put in some fruit trees, raise some chickens, um, you know, provide some level of, you know, self-sufficiency for yourself. Um, it might mean getting a larger acreage further out um, where you have a greater de- degree of privacy where you're not, you know, located on a major highway, um, but you're, you know, probably down a couple different country roads uh, where you're not just going to have a lot of traffic coming by every day, um, where you've got some level of, you know, isolation, insulation from whatever else is going on in the rest of the world. Uh, you might want to think about, you know, having property that's got southern exposure if you want to put in solar power or gardening, um, where, you know, you're not going to be in the shade on a northern-facing hillside, um, but where you've got a good opportunity to uh, do all those things. Um, you'll want to look for, you know, property that has opportunity for decent decent well water, maybe even spring water, um, where you've got opportunity to irrigate, to provide for your own needs there. Um because a lot of these properties, you know, in rural areas, there's no option to hook up to city water. So you've got to either drill the well, you might have neighbors you can share a well with, um, but that's something you've got to consider. And then the other thing we run into a lot, uh, especially in the Northwest, um, where you have a much harder winters, uh, snowy winters, is just the ability to access the property. Um, and then nationwide, of course, uh, springtime, rainy, muddy roads, especially in, in you know, rural areas, uh, that's presents a challenge that a lot of people aren't, aren't necessarily anticipating. So it's important to think through, you know, are you comfortable or can you get comfortable, you know, driving through snowy roads that aren't plowed very often or maybe not plowed very well? And, you know, that's another question that, you know, you have to think through. There's a lot of things to think through. I mean, it's a romantic idea, but it's a lot of work and a lot of preparation, I'm sure. I've seen so many kids that are talking about wanting to have cows and chickens and this, that, and the other, and they don't realize the work that there is in taking care of this and actually making that lifestyle happen. Like your son? Oh, yeah. No, not my son. (laughs) He's not got there yet, but I have seen, I have talked to kids that, that have expressed an interest in that, but they can't get off their phone long enough to, uh, to even talk to you, much less feed a cow or milk a cow or take care of a chicken <laughs> or raise a garden. Yeah, no, that's a big that's a big lifestyle change for a lot of people, and something uh, where you know if you're uh, you know we tell a lot of folks that are you know living in the suburbs right now is you know take a chunk of your backyard and dig it up, um, start getting some garden, you know, get something in the ground that you can grow yourself. And, you know, start trying to get a, a taste of it before you, you know, dive in, you know, just completely into, in the dark. Because um, it is a, it's a big adjustment, a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but, of course, on the other hand, it can be very, very rewarding. Um, there's, you know, some really neat things about, you know, being able to live in a rural area. And, again, for some people, it's, you know, they, they may not want to go down the full self-sufficient route. But it's maybe even more a matter of the peace and quiet of being able to look up, and, you know, see the stars at night, um, fresh air, uh, you know. Mount, you know, the views of the mountains, the views of a lake, you know, hearing birds and coyotes and wolves or whatever it might be out there. Um, you know, it's a large part of that as well. 
And that is the best part of living, really, if people just take the time to enjoy what we've got and the earth and all the beautiful things that are around it. um, There's a lot of different factors to consider. Um, Cost of land, you know, over the last few years has gone up significantly in a lot of areas. Um, So, you know, the days of being able to, you know, easily afford, you know, large acreages are harder to come by. A lot of areas are building up that used to be, uh, you know, farms, fields, and forests. Um, but there still are a lot of areas, you know, across the country, any state, anywhere you're looking, uh, where you know there is acreage, is acreage available, rural home, or the opportunity to buy land to develop. Sounds like Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, Teresa. Right. <laughs> I was looking at his site. I mean, there's a lot of different oh, types of properties, though. I mean, from large acreage to small acreage. I mean, there's there's a big variety. You also have a nice uh, profile for those that want to go to the website, uh, www.survivalrealty.com, uh, you know, that you can uh, register, and, uh, and you've got quite a few questions there to start creating a profile. And I, I gather, Jonathan, when uh, Teresa calls you and decides that she wants to explore this, uh, you're going to take her through the process. What does that look like? Starting out on this, uh, down this road, this is something that sounds appealing to you. Um, that'd be a great place to start. Would be uh, filling out our profile on our site, or just browsing the listings you see there. Um, but really, what we're trying to do is get an idea of you know what you're looking for, what you're what you're thinking about, where you're where you're at, wherever you are in that journey of trying to make that decision. Um, you know, books on pre-order. The book is you know at pre-order right now. It's coming out next month, and you know we think that'll be a great resource for people. Um, but wherever you are, we'd be glad to have you fill out that profile. You know, we're asking, you know, what kind, what you're looking for, whether you're looking for a full-time residence, uh, whether you're looking for just a piece of land or land in the home. Uh, what kind of things are important to you when you're looking for that? Um, are you, and then, you know, we've got questions, you know, financing, your budget, you know, all those questions, trying to figure out what your needs are and how we can help you find something that's going to be a good match for you. And then, you know, we don't say that we're going to be, you know, the, have the ideal property right off the bat for you in, you know, any, any state anywhere in the country, although we do have a lot of listings across the country. So we really put a really heavy emphasis on partnering, partnering with local land brokers um, who just have a lot of in-depth experience who really know those areas inside and out, uh, you know, know each valley and each mountain. And that's something where every time I talk with one of those brokers, I'm just blown away by their experience and insight and, you know, I, just, I love it because you've learned so much more about each area. And so we would, you know, as a buyer, for a buyer, try to partner them with someone where, you know, we can provide a level of support and provide someone with that local experience that can really walk them through those steps. So for those real estate agents and realtors out there, you want to go to this site too and contact Jonathan and let him know that uh, you have experience, you'd like to learn more, and you'd like to be involved. You'd like to be on the referral end uh, so Jonathan can match you up. Uh, one thing I didn't see on your site, and this is just a thought, is um, in the Realtors Land Institute, you know, we're the realtor guys uh, uh, in the in the uh, real estate industry. Uh, we have an annual conference, and I'd love for you guys to be part of that next year, uh, usually at the end of March. Uh, we'll be in St. Louis. Uh, this is coming up. It's on our website, Land, And you don't have to be a realtor to join us and be involved, but um, it's a two, two-and-a-half, three-day conference. And one of the processes that we have, Jonathan, is uh, we have agents get up and that have listings, and we give them a forum. Uh, this lasts about an hour, and uh, we give them a forum for a couple of minutes to talk about their listings. But on the flip side of that, 
We have the client, the agents get up and talk about the people that have wants. I have clients looking for this. And during that process, usually we'll do about a billion dollars plus in identifying buyers and sellers and trying to put them together. One thing I didn't say on your website, maybe I missed it, is is there any place a person can come in and actually list their wants? I am looking for uh, that could go on your website so you know agents out there can see and say, hey, God, there's a person. I got the perfect property for him. That's, uh, that's a great idea, Lou, and I really appreciate that. It's something where uh, we, you know, as we have potential buyers come in, uh, people that are looking, um, we're very much looking to see what they're looking for. Um, sometimes, you know, we don't have something that's, you know, going to be an immediate fit for someone. And for those folks, we are definitely, you know, working with our local, our network of brokers uh, to try to keep those things in mind. Uh, that's something we could definitely look at developing out further. And I really appreciate that suggestion. No problem. Uh, just take a nice, I'll just take a nice. Specific. There's not always something on the market that's a perfect fit. And sometimes people are looking for quite a while before they find that right property. The Teresa and I will take a nice referral on that, okay? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, how about a free book? Can you just, can you help us out there? <laughs> I can probably help you with a referral, uh, review copy, yeah. Okay. I, I tell you, Jonathan, this is one of the most interesting shows I think we've done, Teresa. And um, I think we're missing some stuff. We, we've got about another 10 minutes here, so uh, help us out. Let's figure out what, we, what we're missing out here to help people out. Um, so one question uh, we get, um, and this is more perhaps on the, uh, you know, the home side of it, um, is you know the whole question of you know do I need a do I need a bunker? Do I need you know a castle? What do I you know what do I want to get there? And that's something that you know can vary quite a bit. Um, but what you're, but in some sense, what someone might be thinking is a property um, when it comes to you know security um, is just being able to have a property that's well located where. I think we already talked about, you know, properties kind of out, maybe out of the way, maybe off the main highway. Um, you know, people were somewhere where you've got, you know, a nice view of, you know, whoever's coming up towards your property. Um, but also, you know, where you're kind of out of the way, out of, um, where, you know, people that might be just coming on past may not even realize you're there. So that's one factor that uh, plays into that. Uh, we already talked about power, water. Um, looking at the land, uh, the quality of the land is important as well. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, wanting to really be self-sustainable, that means looking for quality land, um, having an agent or realtor who really understands, you know, that five acres in one place is not the same as five acres somewhere else. It's not homogenous. Um, you've got, you know, good bottom land that's, you know, actual, actually farmable. And then you've got, you know, rocky hillsides, uh, just um, heavily treed, heavily timbered areas. And you really need to make a distinction when you're looking at property, uh, knowing what you want to do with it. Um, having a agent or a broker who understands that, understands what might be required to do that, who can you know help help you look at that, has that insight. And I really appreciate the work you do there, Lou, in terms of education, um, equipping brokers and agents to do that. Where you can look at a property, the property, and say, hey, can we actually you know plant a garden in this area? Can we? actually, you know, pasture our horses or our cow out here, um, or is this, you know, what's the difference between, you know, a good a good irrigated pasture and, you know, something that's honestly just kind of a bit of a swamp. And that's something, you know, that may not be apparent uh, without a little bit of insight, a little bit of consideration. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the shows that we've done, we got another one coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, is the um, extension programs by the federal government, state government, local government, 4-H clubs. <clears throat> we had them on a couple of weeks ago. And there are, Teresa, there's so many programs that are free 
that help you with the garden and help you with the animals and help you learn who the vet is and all the take care of. So, you know, that's important too. Uh, you know, either you do the research prior to and bone up or take some course courses on it, or actually once you identify an area is to reach out to these uh, extension programs and, um, and um, you know, that'll help you through, through the transition, especially if you don't have the experience. Or maybe you have the experience, but maybe there's something you want to do that you don't have experience in. So just want to let the yep. listeners know that that's out there for them, too. Jonathan, have you noticed a difference? When we discuss it some length in the book, uh, along with that, you know, if you're looking for land, you know, just be available. Uh, be aware of all the, you know, research out there on the web now. Um, you don't have to go, you know, into a county recorder's office to, you know, dig through books to, you know, find, to, you know, maps of the property to... You can get on the USDA website, find soil data. You can get on your state water resources website and, you know, look at, you know, all the wells in that area, see what the depth is, see if they're, you know, good producing wells. Um, I mean, Google Earth itself is a great resource. Unbelievable. Now, you can, you know, get on the high-quality satellite imagery of the area, the surrounding area around a parcel you might be interested in. And, you know, particularly in the days of, you know, more challenging travel, um, it's a great asset to be able to, you know, look at it, um, do a lot of evaluation on a property before you even get out there um, with those online resources. There's just a wealth of resources out there and something that's very worthwhile to keep pursuing, keep exploring. You can find out where the trout streams are and when they are going to stock the uh, streams, what dates and all yep, those. That's, it's, that's it's, out there. I mean, the best fishing holes, uh, you got to make friends with somebody. It, but well, sure. You get a lot of information out there. So give us a couple examples of some of the clients that you've had. Yeah, so there's a um, whole variety, uh, again, a whole variety of them. It's hard to, you know. Yeah, some to come again. to mind. Um, but um, say one fellow we got is, you know, someone buying a multi-million dollar property um, in the Northwest. And that's something where, you know, he's leaving a large home, you know, uh, out on the coast. Um, he's, you know, downsizing, trading a lot of square footage uh, for a lot of acreage and a lot of privacy. And, you know, not near, not nearly as flashy as it, you know, it was before, um, but it's a lifestyle that, you know, he thinks can be a lot better for himself and for his family. Um, another gal that we work with is in the medical field. Um, she's just looking for um, an area where she's going to be able to commute into town for work. Um, but, you know, she wants to live in a area that, you know, just got nice views of the mountains that is just, she's looking for peace and quiet. She works in, the heck, works in a hectic job, works in a high-stress job, and wants somewhere where, you know, when she gets to drive out of town, um, she's got a, you know, peaceful, tranquil environment to, you know, live in and to spend the rest of her time in to de-stress, to recharge, to uh, be ready to go back at it. And... You know, so those are those are a few examples. Um, maybe another one comes to mind is the folks that uh, recently uh, were living kind of in the suburbs, exurbs, um, also in the northwest. Um, they sold off their you know home on an acre. Uh, they bought a old farmhouse uh, with a great old barn on 60 acres, and you know they've gone from you know a few chickens to you know getting some horses, getting some cows. They've got a, you know kids that are just loving it because they're you know out there involved in 4-H. They are. Uh, you know, getting hands-on, getting dirty every day, you know, playing in the creek, working it, muck out the barn, right? So there's fun and work for the kids, and it's just a, great to see, you know, the lifestyle they're getting to lead as they grow up. And so 
again, it's such a variety, it's such a variety, but you know, there's for whoever it is, it's just a question of you know figuring out what's a good fit for you, for your family, and trying to find the resources to make that happen. And you'll find that uh, the Realtors Land Institute, as I keep mentioning, uh, we are the land folks in the country. Um, and we have an accreditation called the Accredited Land Consultant. That's our designation. And there are about 500 of us, I being one, and one of the instructors of one of our 10 courses. And I actually teach a four-hour CE class for the state of North Carolina, being the only land instructor for 111,000 <laughs> licensed agents in the state. So uh, this land education is hard to find, and that's, that's what this show is all about and helping you out with folks like Jonathan and what they're doing and all types of other resources. Teresa, what have you learned today? She's over there playing fingers with Rodney. I'm learning to count. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. you got fingers and toes. <laughs> what have you learned today, Teresa? Well, I didn't know that there was a movement like this going on, and I think it's interesting and I think his father sounds like a really interesting person. And it sounds like he grew up in a really great environment and has a lot of good information for people. And Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, is the place to be. Right now. Well, we fit, you know, the, our rural area, our market area, that's southern yeah. Virginia, <clears throat> you know, and, and, yeah, no, and, and Piedmont. We're, the, we're at the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains and, yeah. uh, you know, 45 minutes from an airport and, 30 minutes to Winston-Salem, but yet we're out here rural in a little town of 1,280 people, yeah. lifestyle with three stoplights, and I've uh, raised my kids here. It's quality of life, and uh, it's, God's okay. it's God's country. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, this has been around. People just haven't recognized, uh, you know, and uh, that's why we wanted to have you on the show today and talk about some of this stuff. So just with, yeah, like, really a, with about 30 seconds left, uh, uh, how do they get in touch with you, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, survivalrealty.com is uh, the place to go. You'll find information on brokerage, on you know our direct services. You'll find listings from agents and uh, property owners across the country and all the resources we have available. And the book's coming out when? Uh, November 23rd. But you can go ahead and pre-order, right? That's available right now. Uh, I've got a discount going for that, of course, because it's about to send off to the printer. Just go to the website, www.survivalrealty.com. Survivalrealty.com. And uh, make sure you get one of those and share it around and talk about it. This would be a great discussion uh, for folks to come. Our guest today has been Jonathan Rawls with Survival Land in Post Falls, Idaho. And you've been a great guest, and, and you've given us a lot of uh, good information here. Uh, Teresa's making faces at me. <laughs> Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> All right. But anyway, thank you. Risa, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, stay on. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we'd appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. Uh, you can go to the master website, letstalkland.net, and uh, you'll see Jonathan's name and his um, we don't put phone numbers, but we do put your email, Jonathan. So I hope you get a lot of follow-ups on this. Uh, the show is for the public and most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on our master website, as I mentioned, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? 
They can give me a call at 336-209-2937 or send me an email at teresa.mylandpro at gmail.com. And my my email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor today, landhub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? Landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. Righty, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, they can go to our website, Lou. They can go to WKTE1090.com and uh, check out our website there of all the programming uh, events we have going on here wow. on the radio. We got events and we are beach music and oldies. And what right. do we play, Teresa? Happy music. That's right. If you want Only to feel happy, happy if you want to feel happy, that's happy right. music. Right? You got to play happy music. And they can download the, uh, go to the website, mm-hmm. uh, or they can download the Simple Radio app, Simple that's Radio it. app, and type in WKT 1090 AM mm-hmm. and listen to happy music, plus this show and Dr. Barbie's show and others, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere in the world. That's right. Anywhere. And we got some awards? Yeah. Five years in a row being the top radio station on the East Coast. We're going to be six? Uh, hopefully. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. And you got a nice award. Yeah, last year's 2019 Announcer of the Year Award. Wonder why. Stay tuned for Dr. Barbie. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, 